Before we get started, if you're enjoying this content, you can do us a favor by subscribing to our YouTube channel and ringing the bell. That'll let the algorithm know that you like this content and it will help us produce more. You're more likely to learn from getting your hands dirty and making some decision versus spending all of your time trying to make the perfect decision. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. And today I'm welcoming to the show not one but two founders. You know I love interviewing co-founders on the show. Uh, today I'm bringing to the show Alex and Trevor. They're coming to us from Zbeck. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So for the audience that kind of isn't as in loop, can you kind of talk about the products that you guys are bringing to market over there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Zbeck is a computer accessories brand that's building products to enable what we call the modern professional, the mobile professional to be successful in this new mobile workplace away from the office. Um, and our flagship product is the Zbeck TriScreen, which is a laptop attachment that adds two additional monitors to your setup uh, to enable you to maximize productivity without sacrificing portability while working away from your standard office. Absolutely. The product's super cool. I've been playing around on the website and I definitely recommend people going to check it out. And, you know, um, just I guess where did this idea come from? Take me back in time. What was going on? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the genesis, if you will, of, of Zbeck starts back in 2017. Uh, back at that time, both Trevor and myself uh, were working in the, the world of corporate consulting uh, at Accenture and Deloitte, respectively, doing the traditional Monday through Thursday. Uh, a travel schedule, right? So flying out Monday morning to a client site somewhere across the country, working from hotels, airports, airport lounges, uh, you know, the corner of a client's office, you name it, anywhere but a consistent workspace. Um, and in doing that, uh, you know, we we noticed that there was, you know, kind of a severe discrepancy between what our workspace looked like Monday through Thursday versus Friday, where we had these beautiful home offices, right? Uh, with you know Herman Miller chairs and anti-carpal tunnel wrist pads and all the uh, elements of a productive environment um, that you'd see in a traditional office. Yet, uh, you know, in this consulting world, we we were spending most of our time huddled over a small laptop screen, and so we set out to find a way to be able to recreate the productive elements of that office, but in this mobile setting. Um, and after. Uh, you know, flight home and some nasty 3D uh, AutoCAD drawings and 3D prints. Uh, we had our version zero of what is now our Zbeck TriScreen product. And um, you know, when when we came up with the concept at the time, uh, uh, when I came up with the concept, I shared it with Trevor immediately, longtime friend. Also, most importantly, somebody who also understood the pain points of working on the road. Um, and so, uh, sharing it with Trevor was uh, was really just a natural next step for us. And when did it, you know, going from those kind of CAD drawings, I guess, maybe take it, take it back. When did it go from like idea to first prototype? How long was that? That was a quick turnaround. That was a matter of 
you know, a weekend. So flew home from, uh, I was actually working in New York at the time, which is where Trevor was, um, but flew home from New York one weekend, whipped up a really nasty, when I say nasty, just like terrible uh, uh, AutoCAD drawing, uh, 3D printed it with my home 3D printer and busted out some old laptop screens. And so within uh, a couple of days, <laughs> we had our first prototype. Um, we definitely believe in moving as fast as you possibly can. Because uh, no matter how much time you have, um, you're more likely to learn from getting your hands dirty and making some decision versus spending all of your time trying to make the perfect decision. So uh, it took about two years from from that point, two and a half years from that point until we actually launched. But it was uh, uh, February of 2017 when we first came up with the concept. Absolutely. Now, Trevor, do you remember the first prototype? I uh, I do. I do indeed. It was... <laughs> Alex was... On his, I was in New York for some reason, like he said, and showed it to me. We were went to a baseball game, and then he showed me it afterwards. And uh, at the time, was I was he has much more experience than I do with prototyping and three D printing and everything. So my first question was, "Is this how it's going to look?" And then <laughs> from there, of course, you know, first prototype come a long way since then. And uh, no, it was really exciting to see that and to see how quickly uh, we could get that turned around. Uh, you know, I think a, a thing that a lot of people make a mistake on is just trying to make everything perfect up front. When in reality, you just need to get something functional and make sure, Hey, is this a, a feasible idea from that we can move forward with? And so from there was uh, at the time we were both still had our full-time job. So that's why it took a little bit longer uh, from 2017 to 2019. But uh, during those days was awesome to be able to push that along and prototype after prototype and then finally build that, that initial product. Absolutely. Now, can you talk about some of the? You said it take two years, two years from that first prototype to the one that you actually took to market. What were some of the challenges that you guys were trying to overcome in those two years? You know, I think for us, it was there were a couple challenges, right? I think one was uh, initially understanding who our market was. We, you know, we initially, uh, you know, built the product to use selfishly, right? Just to take with us uh, on the road and solve our our pain point. Um, you know, when I brought it back up to uh, to you know my my client site the following week my team at Accenture was excited to see it and they're like oh this is awesome I want to buy one of these and then after I explained no I printed this they're like oh print me one and that was certainly not going to happen um, and so then sharing it with Trevor and hearing you know similar sentiment from his team we, we realized we were kind of onto something there uh, but initially thinking oh we can maybe make a couple hundred of these sell them on the side to other people in the world of consulting but then we realized this traveling professional, you know, the accountant, the consultant, the, the salesperson who's on the road um, on a weekly basis, even though, you know, it's over 7 million people or pre-COVID, 7 million people a week were doing that. Um, we realized that was really just the tip of the iceberg. And there was this large and ever-growing population of remote workers um, that were working anywhere from one to five days a week away from the consistent office. Now, that could be the cafe at a co-working space at their house, um, a, you know, a digital nomad traversing Europe uh, or, you know, Southeast Asia. Um, but uh, that was really, I think, step one was was understanding who we were building it for uh, and the scale that it could be. And then, uh, and then two, I think, was really overcoming the fear of dropping, you know, solid careers <laughs> to be able to pursue what is kind of a wild concept. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I, I think that that's something that always, you know, provides apprehension for any entrepreneur. Um, but for us, we felt like it was kind of now or never there uh, in September of 2019. And so 
I took the jump first, and then you know, not too soon thereafter, I convinced Trevor to to bail a few months before even his bonus hit to to come join us because we were we were having too much business. So it was it was a good problem to have. Well, I mean, that's fantastic that you guys were seeing. Uh, you know, having too much business is always is always a good problem to have. So, what were you doing to acquire those customers? How were you growing so fast? Yeah, it was. You know, so we launched in uh, October of 2019, um, and you know, fast forward three months. Uh, we, uh, you know, we're all faced with, uh, you know, with the, the pandemic and the, especially at the onset, you know, nobody understood what was going to happen. Um, you know, we, we announced the project there in 2019, but we were supposed to go live at South by Southwest in Austin in 2020. Of course, you know, China didn't come back from Chinese New Year. Um, and South by Southwest certainly didn't happen. And so we had all of our capital tied up overseas. We, uh, were also in the process of, uh, trying to raise our our first round of funding um, right there in January and February 2020, and we really had a decision to make, which was okay, we can either uh, you know try to sell this business to investors, or we can sell product to customers. And uh, with investors' wallets being rather tight at that time, we said, all right, let's just turn it around and make do with what we've got. And luckily, the world opened up slowly but surely. Certainly not the way we anticipated, um, but uh, you know. It, Kind of the traditional way most people uh, in the direct consumer space got off the ground, building out um, you know solid e-commerce website. Initially, we were actually on Wix even before uh, <laughs> we were on Shopify, which is funny because I don't not every time we share that, people are surprised of the capabilities that it had, but it was a tool we knew, and so we did that, running Facebook and Instagram ads and building out a really, really uh, basic <laughs> email flow. And just seeing what we could uh, do there, and you know, we slowly but surely were able to grow with the the profits we we gained from our incremental sales. So it was it was a slow and, and steady pickup through the summer of 2020. Absolutely. Now um, I know that growing a business with paid traffic is a, a bit of an investment. Can you share anything numbers wise along kind of? Uh, Using that as a as a growth tool, like what a, a, an entrepreneur might want to expect in kind of the tech space. Yeah, I mean, what what the world of paid media, especially you know, Facebook and Instagram back in 2020 was versus what it is now is so different. Um, of course, with the you know iOS 14 updates, um, just a lot of the transparency has been uh, you know, and for for good reason. Uh, has been lost, um, and so attribution is a bit of a shot in the dark. So I can't quite say you know what you should be able to expect, but I do think one thing that was really key for us at Zbeck, you know, was having a flagship product, our dry screen, that was a rather you know high ticket item. Our original dry screen we sold uh, for four forty nine and regularly ran a, a fifty dollar discount at that time. Um, as we were trying to find, you know, the 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 price fit, and so we were selling this four hundred dollar product, right? Um, and so that gave us a lot of leeway between understanding the various ways in which we could acquire new customers and have a little more leeway with testing. Um, now, of course, all the other margins uh, started to fluctuate, as you know, Trevor can share shed a lot of light on, you know, especially logistics, you know. We we got ourselves in 2021 to a space where we were paying something absurd like forty dollars per unit to freight it from China to the U.S. because freight was so backed up at the port. So um, I think it's just a matter of understanding where your margins are. I think it's tough to sell a twenty dollar, a thirty dollar, a forty dollar flagship product. 
Um, now, of course, you'll get more conversions and your conversion rate would likely be higher, um, but you have less room for error if, uh, if, you, if you've got tighter margins. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. Struggling to get your Merchant Center ads approved but keep running into a price mismatching error? Wondering how your competitors are showing reviews, price, delivery, and product availability directly in search results? What if there's a way to get more traffic without fighting for rankings? Well, that's where Jason LD for SEO comes in. It's an app that gets you more organic traffic to your Shopify store, qualifying you for over a dozen search enhancements, and provides all of the structured data you need for Merchant Center. JSONLD for SEO automatically adds the structured data needed and it's updated regularly as the rules change by Google. It's a hands-off SEO app that you don't need to monkey around with to get working. It's the safest, easiest, and most effective way to stand out from your competitors in search results. Contact us to get your free structured data audit for your store. Find JSONLD for SEO in the Shopify app store to get started. That's J-S-O-N-L-D for SEO, or go to J-S-O-N-L-D dot app. It's the beginning of a new year, and with the new year comes new opportunities. The often misunderstood Q5 period stretches from Christmas Day to Chinese New Year and gives brands the gifts of significantly lower CPMs. But how can you use this Q5 as a springboard to make 2023 your best year yet? The answer is funding. Funding opens doors for your business. A cash injection now will enable you to take full advantage of the Q5 opportunity by investing more into your marketing and securing that spring-summer collection from your manufacturers. Revenue-based finance from Wayflyer is fairer, faster, and more flexible than the traditional funding options out there. You can get approved for funding in hours and cash in your account within days. There are no interest rates or personal guarantees, just one simple fee. Best of all, repayments are made as a percentage of your revenue. So if you're having a slower month than usual, no problem. You'll just give them less to learn more about how funding from Wayflyer can unlock growth for your business and turn 2023 into a record year, visit wayflyer.com slash ecom slash honest. That's wayflyer.com slash ecom with two M's slash honest. Wayflyer, funding a better way. You know, Alex just alluded to some issues that you guys ran into during logistics, kind of during COVID. Everyone remembers that. Trevor... Uh, is there anything uh, that you can share about those challenges? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been, I mean, uniquely for us as just growing up during COVID, it's been all we've known is those long transit times and those expensive freight containers and shipping. And uh, so luckily, you know, it was something that we baked in right away just because it's not like we had to go from 
quick transit times and then adjust after that. But with that said, though, it was still very much a huge challenge uh, resulted in us being on back order way more than we would have liked. Uh, at the end of the day, that is a good problem to have. That means we were selling, but definitely a, a point of frustration of having containers take you know what used to be very much lower averages at this point or when we launched you know, 50, 60 day averages door to door. And so at, with that, you know, it was just something that we had to become flexible with. And um, luckily our customers were understanding as I think most people were during COVID, just recognizing that everything's taking longer. Uh, but today we've been able to get creative, find other solutions, and thankfully be able to find other solutions to get the freight over here more quickly and uh, avoid those back orders and make sure that we can get our products to customers right away. Awesome. A lot of learning going on during uh, those trying times, I guess. Yeah. Um, you, Alex, you mentioned something there that you guys started on Wix and you made the leap over to Shopify. And I know that this is a challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs run into. Uh, kind of, They launch just with what they know and move on to something that probably matches their needs a lot better. When did you know it was the right time to make the leap to a more sophisticated platform? Yeah. So, I mean, one, I think... I could not be a bigger proponent of working with what you know. I think so many people get caught up on everything they don't know to uh, to the point where it blinds them from the thought of it being a possibility to start to begin with, right? Um, and I think the one thing I say to that, and you know, when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, we I say, you know, like if you think right now you don't know enough, just wait six months or a year from now and you're going to realize, you know, even less, you know, and, and we expect, you know, that to continue for us. You know, what I realize I don't know now is much more than what I realized I didn't know um, two, three years ago. And so for us, um, it was, you know, the one of the agencies we were working with on the, uh, on the performance marketing side that highly recommended it. Um, and for us, it was really on the operations and customer experience side uh, where we realized we just needed something more robust to be able to modify uh, our orders, um, be able to run reports on our orders um, and be kind of the robust end-to-end -end system as opposed to coding up our own uh, you know, APIs to be able to communicate with all the other systems out there. So I think it was as we faced more pain points, uh, and found solutions for those, but realized they were limited on the platform we were currently at. Absolutely. And, and I agree with you. Get started with what you know, because I think a lot of times with entrepreneurs, uh, the struggle is finding product market fit. And if your thing, if your product will sell on whatever platform you put it on, you're like on to the right thing. But getting caught up in this analysis paralysis about what is going to be the best platform to launch this business on right now and thinking about... Uh, I think a lot of people get caught up in like the what ifs of like, if I'm a million dollar business, I'm a $10 million business, like I need all this functionality. And it's like, but you're not even a dollar business, right? Now. You haven't sold, any go sell something. Right. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a massive subscriber to uh, the Lean Startup, the, the book by Eric Reese. It's almost like, you know, the startup Bible of, hey, build, build your MVP, find that fit, understand that there's going to be limitations. Um, and in the world of hardware, it's, it's much harder, right? I, I come from a, uh, a web app and software background, uh, my days at Accenture. And uh, it's a lot easier to push out an update than it is to say, hey, we're going to make a modification of the tooling and update a product. And you certainly can't update something that's already out there. But you know, if you got too concerned on making it what you thought was 100% perfect at all times, you'd never release anything. And you see that a lot in the world of crowdfunding. That can be a major issue, right? Kickstarter and Indiegogo, you see these brands that they raise 500, 600, 
thousand dollars and then they don't deliver anything because they spend all their time optimizing. And so, you know, as soon as you release something, you you know it's not the most up-to-date technology because that's how, you know, component sourcing works. So there's a, a really great methodology for product development that we also like to follow. Um, it's it's questionable on the source of of the quote, uh, but they say it was the founder of Nintendo that came up with this and he said, uh, uh, lateral design with weathered technology. And so use components that are tried and true and have been around for a number of years, uh, but use them in a unique way to be able to enable this new user experience that no other products on the market allow you to do. Um, and so I think too many people try to make the components more innovative than the way in which they organize those. And so uh, very similar you know, to the Michael Dell approach in the early days, you know, uh, assemble and reorganize things in a way that's unique and nuanced and don't get too caught up on the minute details of the components. Yeah, you just uh, blew my brain bringing up that Nintendo quote. And it's something I like have honestly big nerd. And I never brought it over to this side of like the e-commerce side of my business and thinking about it from that perspective. I was just always like, just Nintendo was wild with the innovations that they brought to the video game market. Um, so thanks, thanks for that quote. Obviously, Lean Startup is a fantastic book. Um, and another thing from, I don't know if it's in the Lean Startup or not, but just the thought of like, if you're not embarrassed by your first version of whatever you're launching, like you waited too long. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, it, it's a real healthy tension between Trevor and I. I mean, one, we've known each other for over 20 years. Um, you know, we grew up with one another, both went to the University of Texas, studied very different things. Uh, you know, Trevor moved to New York, I stayed in Texas. Um, but, you know, with that being said, we're also very different people. Trevor's much more, you know, I, I send Trevor, you know, I just sent Trevor our investor newsletter for him to, uh, you know, check for grammar mistakes uh, and dot the I's and cross the T's. And I'm much more of the fast mover um, how quickly can we, you know, break things and fix them? Um, and I think that that balance is really helpful as well. I think if there were two of me, uh, we would build a lot of things halfway through, and they wouldn't be as well thought out as they could be. Um, and so, uh, you know, you know, I guess the reason why I bring that up is uh, I think finding that that balance with a co-founder is really critical. Um, so you can, uh, you know, make sure that what you release is certainly of value to the market. But not be so concerned with trying to make it a uh, you know a Van Gogh painting that nothing ever gets out the door. Well, it is a it is a very tough balance. I mean, you anybody who's creating something, you have pride in what you're doing, so you want it to be perfect. You want you know that everyone's going to see it, so you you definitely you know think about what are they going to what's going to be their first impression. But at the end of the day, it is. I mean, we look at Apple or any of these technology companies, and then you go back to their first version, and you know it's been so long since we've seen it. Now we're looking at it, and everything's beautiful and perfect. But then we go back and we look at what it used to be, and it's almost appalling at times. Of I can't believe I used to use that. And I think anytime you have a product that's innovative, you bring that out, people are going to want it because it's new, it's innovative, it solves a problem that they could not solve previously, and so. It's amazing just to be able to solve that initially and then iterate, you know, then you can get into making it perfect and continue to optimize after that. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? So I guess a few things. One, so we launched our original, you know, I guess continued evolution of the story, which I think is helpful to kind of bring us to where we are today. So, um, you know, we we actually just about a year ago, it was June of 2021, we launched our tri screen too, which was you know, speaking of iteration, uh, was that second version of the tri screen really bringing in all the you know pieces of feedback we received over the previous year and a half from our customers, which was you know incredibly critical to 
building, you know, a product that we are beyond proud of, you know, to this very day, you know, we we uh, were finalists for the innovation award at South by Southwest with this dry screen too, um, as well as a number of other awards, which was crazy to think about when we were, you know, sitting hacking away on AutoCAD as, you know, I've, my degree is in civil engineering, but I'm a zero means of product engineer um, uh, at the time. And so uh, it's just really exciting to see things continue to evolve. And then in October of 21, we launched our first non-display product, our Air Stand, um, which is a compact laptop stand that enables you to prop your laptop up when you need it, but then fold it down seamlessly when you're on the go. Um, and that was an incredibly exciting product for us to launch to understand you know, the need for similar accessories in the ZBEC ecosystem. Um, and that's really led us to today um, where we recently launched our uh, entire accessory line. So we've got our Bluetooth keyboard, mouse, and power bank, um, which we've just launched, which has been incredibly exciting to see how uh, that uh, has really enabled people to build out their entire mobile office suite and stay in this uh, this Zbeck ecosystem. And if people are excited about these new products and they want to go check them out, where should they go? Uh, we sell exclusively from our website, www.thezbeck.com. So that's T-H-E-X-E-B-E-C.com. Um, and yeah, that's the only place where you'll find our products is uh, directly on our website. Awesome. Trevor, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.